Today we're continuing on with a series about Christmas joy. Uh, God has joy for our lives. We've been looking at this, and, and today we're going to look at it as a fruit that God gives to us because we're all meant to live free. We are all meant to live life to the full, and that is an inner contentment. It is, is something the world can't give you, and the world can't take it away. Come on, somebody, right? I mean, I mean it, it's something that God gives to us, and, and joy like that's different from happiness. Happiness, I would describe it kind of like this. It, it's like haphazard happenings that happen in your life. So in other words, you're kind of happy and then you're not happy. And so it kind of goes like this, you know, oh, I got a new car. I'm so happy. And then the next day, the car doesn't start. I am disgusted. You know, I am so unhappy. Or you get a job and you're like, oh, my gosh, this is like my dream job. I'm so excited. And then six months into it, you get up for a promotion and you don't get the promotion. And then you're like, I hate my job. And you're like, you loved your job. I thought it was the dream job and whatever. Yeah, well, not anymore. And so uh, we, we kind of come in and out of happiness. But joy is based on the inside. It runs deeper than our circumstances. I like what one writer said that I was reading. He said, it's unshackled to our circumstances. See, it's not weighted down by what we're going through. We all want it, but many people are only finding happy. And here's the thing about happy. This week, I went on Amazon and I looked up joy. You know, what would happen if we ordered some joy? Uh, what would that look like? And so here's what I found. I found you can have the joy of cooking. You can have the joy of grilling, the joy of cookies, the joy of sex, the joy of garlic, which if you have a lot of garlic, you may not have any sex. I don't, I don't know. Probably shouldn't say that, but I did again. Okay. But you can have the joy. Listen to this. This is crazy. The joy of keeping chickens. There's a book, The Joy of Weight Loss, and even this, pull it up for me, even joy pills that you can order. Seriously, you can order these, and if you have Prime, you can get it there even quicker. And so uh, you can have joy pills coming to your house. But here's what I believe. I don't think you can order joy from Amazon. You can't order it. But here's the thing, you can grow it. You can grow it in your life. And Jesus talks about how to grow it in our lives. Now, it's, it, it kind of is a little bit like weeds. Anybody with me on this? I don't have to plant them. Don't have to water them. My yard can just have a weed in it. And it's work to not have weeds. It's work to have beautiful bluegrass, right? Out there and a wonderful, beautiful lawn and weed-free. It takes work. It takes 
effort. And Jesus is going to walk us through the effort that we can put to it. But really, it's just something that starts to come natural out of a life with him. And so John 15 is where I'd like for us to go this morning. And to me, this is my opinion, I think John 15 is one of Jesus' best descriptions of the life that we have in him. And it's just one of the best in all of Scripture that just depicts for us the power of coming into union with God through Jesus Christ. And so we're going to talk some more about that. But let's go ahead and read the Scripture. If you've pulled it up on your device or, or your version notes or uh, you have a Bible with you, that's great. If not, then here it is on the screen. I am the vine, Jesus says. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Jesus is describing life to the full, life full of joy. How do we grow joy in our lives? I want you to look with me at some things that Jesus gives there, like principles that we can apply into our lives to grow joy so that we will be able to harvest the results of joy in our lives. Sound good? You, you can have more joy today, I believe, if you just do what Jesus says. And here's the first principle. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. It, it's the revealing principle. Everybody say that with me. The revealing principle. He talks about, in verse 8, how you reveal whose you are by your life. You reveal who you're connected to by the produce of your life. In other words, it's not what you wear, it's not what you post, it's not even what you say. It's how you live. It's who you are. It's the fruit that comes out of your life, that's produced out of your life. And it's interesting because Jesus says fruit in this passage nine times. It's the second most mentioned word, main word that he uses in this text to share with us how we can have joy in our lives. And here's what I would say. If I could follow you around, and some of you accuse me of that, anyway... Like, hey, you were, you were bugging my house this week or something, you know, the, why you said that. And so if I could observe you through the week, I would know how deep your connection is with Jesus. Would you agree with that? I think in every person's life, we would observe, we would be able to figure out whose you are. And Jesus says, if you're not revealing me, 
then one of two things will happen. My father will, will do this. He will engage in this. And one thing that he'll engage in is pruning. He'll begin to prune. And if you have bushes at your house, you know that they need pruning now and then. You know, you look out there and you're like, ah, that's growing into something. I don't know what, but, you know, we, <laughs> we got to calm that thing down. And so you go out there and you prune it back. And the purpose of pruning, listen to this, is not to kill it, it's to keep it. The purpose of pruning is so we will not be hurt by it, but we'll actually be healed by it. We'll be healthier as a result of the pruning process. And that explains some things that may be going on in your life right now. Because some of you may be saying, oh, that devil's after me. No, it's not the devil. It's God pruning some stuff off of you that don't look like him. That, that don't re react to him. That they're not part of him. And, and so he's trimming that off so that the shape that's left looks a lot more like Jesus. All right? Hello? When it gets quiet, I must be hitting a nerve. So, all right. Let's move on. And then, there, and then he goes from, bur from pruning to burning. Now, this is a little bit more serious. But he talks about how some of these, some of these branches... They're not even connected. They're not really connected. So they're just dried up. They're just like dried up sticks. And so my father will just come and throw them into the fire. And what this is saying is, is it's not about going to church. It's not about just saying the right things. It's not about having some Christian slogan or logo or whatever tattooed on your arm. It is about Jesus living inside your life. See, some people are mislabeled. They call themselves a Christian. They call themselves, oh yeah, I love God. Oh, I, I pray. You know. But when you look at their life, it's kind of like, I don't know if you've ever grabbed something and then you opened it up and it was mislabeled. And you're like, well, that isn't what it said. And that's the way some of our lives are. Some of you may have walked in here today and you would claim to be a Christian. You would claim to be a Christ follower. You would say to people that, yes, I follow Jesus, but it's really mislabeling. You're, you're kind of going through the motions. And here's the good news is today you can stop playing the game. You, you can stop that. And you can be rightly labeled and be a true Christ follower. And Jesus said it this way, just come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. I'll give you peace. I'll give you joy. And so today you can do that as we reveal Jesus through our lives. And then he talks about another principle he talks about how that we can have a resemblance of him. The resembling principle, all right? So the resembling principle is that a specific kind of fruit will come from our lives. You know, and one of those things is, is joy. 
And just like a dead branch can't produce, then a dead uh, person, spiritually dead person, can't produce spiritual fruit. But when we're spiritually alive, we produce spiritual fruit. But just like I don't go outside and look at my rose bush and say, boy, I'd like some pecans, you know. Where are the pecans? I don't, I don't do that because I don't expect pecans on my rose bush. I expect roses on a rose bush. And the same thing in your life and mine. When we are connected to Jesus, we should expect that the fruit of our lives will correspond to Jesus. It, it will look like him. Here's how Jesus said it in Matthew chapter 7. Look at this. He says, you can identify them by their fruit. That is, by the way they act. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? A good tree produces good fruit. And a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit. And a bad tree can't produce good fruit. And so what he's saying is, is however you're rooted, that's how you'll be fruited. All right? Because whatever root, maybe I'll help you remember it, you know, whatever root you have in your life, wherever you're rooted to, that's what fruit will come out of your life. It's all about who you're connected to. And if I were to ask people in this room today, hey, what do you think about Jesus? What, you know, what kind of person do you think he was? If we were just to describe him, there would be people who would say, oh, I, I think he was love. I, I think he's kindness. I, I think he's joyful. I think he's generous. I, I think he's grace-giving. There would be all these positive attributes. Actually, even if we went outside of this room and asked people, what they thought of Jesus. There would be many of those kinds of things that people would describe. It's those things that caused people that were nothing like Jesus to be attracted to Jesus, right? It's those qualities that attracted people to him. And so Paul latches on to this whole fruit idea. And in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, here's what he says about it that the Holy Spirit is who produces this kind of fruit in our lives love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. All of these are, are symbolic of the life of Jesus, and that's what can be expected in the life of a believer as we follow after Christ. In John chapter 15, verse 11, I, Jesus said, I told you this, that my joy would be in you and that your joy may be complete. He says, I possess joy. So it just makes sense that if I'm connected to Jesus, some of that joy will come through. Right? Turn the person next to you and say, it ought to be coming through. <laughs> it, ought to be, it ought to be coming through. 
Uh, and, and it ought to be coming through me, all of us, you know, every one of us. And Jesus uh, was anointed, the Bible says, with the Holy Spirit. As a matter of fact, in Hebrews chapter 1, it talks about how there's anointing of joy. And uh, my prayer is today, God, anoint this congregation with joy. May you be anointed with joy. Not happiness, not happy pills, but joy that comes from the Lord, that comes from the inside out. Joy is part of Jesus' actual identity. So if we're connected to him, again, it's going to flow out. If it's in the root, it's going to be fruit in our lives as we're rooted in him, as we're connected to him. And then he talks about this, not only revealing, not only resembling, but also remaining, the remaining principle. Everybody say that with me, the remaining principle. We are to remain in him. This is how we produce joy. This is how we grow in joy, is in remaining. And verse four is the key. He says, remain in me. Notice how many times he says this. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. The idea of remaining is mentioned 11 times in this passage. Jesus is saying over and over and over again, you're not going to get this because you want it. You're not going to get this just because you came to church this morning. You're not going to get this just because you carried a Bible in here. You're not going to get this just because you claim to be a Christ follower, Christian, whatever title, whatever label you want to put on it. He says the way to get this kind of joy that we're looking at today that we all want, we all want this, is by remaining in Him. We have to remain in Him. So what, if this is the theme of His talk is remain, then what's He really saying? Well, it takes two English words in order for us to wrap our heads around the one word that Jesus used when he talked about remaining in him. And and you may even want to write these down. The first word that really in English that describes what Jesus was talking about is the word abide. Everybody say abide. And, And actually it's translated abide in some versions of the Bible and so that carries this thought through. To abide in him is to live, to dwell in. In other words, you come to church, you're here this morning, but your mail doesn't get delivered here, does it? Why? Because this isn't your house. This is not your home. You're just kind of visiting in here. You're here for a little bit, and then you're gone. And so that's not abiding 
What he's talking about here is not that, you know, hey, we know each other, and I might know your name, you know my name, and maybe we know a little bit about each other, and hey, how's it going, how's this week, you know, and whatever, we do a little small talk, and you know, uh, how about those colts, and whatever, and we, and we talk a little, and share a little, but that's different, that's not abiding, what Jesus is talking about here is like Rochelle and me. We live together. We live under the same roof. Her mail comes to my house. My mail goes to her house. You get it? So, so we're, we're like connected. We're, we're together in this. And, and so that's what he's talking about. He's talking about you don't go. And I know I've heard people say this growing up. Even I heard people say this. Let's go to God's house. Let's go to God's house. Let me tell you something. God's house is where your house is if you're a believer, okay? If, if you're a true Christ follower, then, then your house is his house. Mi casa es su casa, right? I mean, it's his house, and he lives there, and he's under that roof with you, abiding with you. You're together. You're just like that. But then the other word that helps describe this is the word persevere. It's persevere. And so when he's talking about how you abide in me, you dwell in me, he's also giving reference to the word endure. So we would use it like this. The soldier stood and remained at his post in spite of it being zero outside. Now what's that saying? That's saying it wasn't convenient. It wasn't easy. But the soldier remained there. And it carries with it a little bit more than just he stood there. It's he endured it. He endured what was going through. And Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. It's not just, oh, yeah, yeah, Craig, I got this. I made a confession of faith when I was 12 in the church I grew up in, and everybody got excited. We went to lunch afterwards, and it was awesome. And, you know, the pastor shook my hand and stuff. And, oh, man, it's great. That's not what it's talking about. It's not even talking about, oh, I got water baptized. I even got the certificate. You know, I'm official now. It's not talking about, you know, I, I put, I put, some verses out there on social media through the week now and then. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I got a verse tatted right here, you know. People can see it when I wear short enough sleeves. It's not talking about that. He's talking about that you persevere in the relationship. You know, I know a guy named Doug Clay. You probably don't know who Doug is, but Doug and I went to school together in college, and and uh, then you know we knew each other, and then didn't really get around each other much until more recently. But in in recent 
months now, uh, Doug has become the general superintendent of the Assemblies of God, which is kind of a big deal for the Assemblies of God. I mean, you're like the head honcho person. You're over 4 million people in the U.S. alone and, you know, more millions throughout the country and everything. And I saw Doug at an event here a few months ago and I said, hey, Doug, how you doing? Yeah, I've seen each other in decades now and all this stuff. And so we were catching up and everything, but I don't really know Doug. Now, I could tell you, oh, I know Doug, you know, the general superintendent of the Assemblies of God. But we didn't persevere in that relationship. See, we, we, we've gone years without talking. We've gone years without being together. And, and so for me to say, oh, I'm a Christian because I did something when I was 12. Oh, I'm a Christian because I, I got baptized here a while back. Oh, I, I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Jesus because of that. No, it begins when we get a relationship with God. But there are some people here that I'm concerned about right now that maybe you've never really been connected. You've gone through the motions. You've sung the songs. You showed up for class. But you really haven't allowed Jesus to move in and for you and him to be under the same roof. Jesus made a way. This is what Christmas is all about, folks. It's all about he moved in with us. He moved in with us so that we could move in with him. He made a way for us to know him. And when he did that, and when he does that, here's the good news. Here's why we call it good news. He takes all the, all the stuff off of you, and he puts all his stuff on you. See, all, all the bad stuff, he takes off you, the sin and everything. He cleanses us. The Bible says, there's many as believe him, and, and they receive him as, as children of God. And so we become children of God as we believe in him and as we receive him into our lives. And he takes all that wrong off, puts all the right in, and he moves in so, so we can move in with him and abide with him. And that starts a whole new connection. And all of a sudden now, there's a new stream of life coming through you. You see that? It's just like in a plant. I mean, you, you, if the root's healthy, then the branches are going to be healthy. And as you keep on pursuing him and, and persevering in him, then, then it's going to come to you. Now, here's how to do that. Here's how to persevere in him. As Jesus said it, and we'll look at it in a moment, is we obey him. We obey him. And as we obey him, then we live in him. Look at what it says in John 15, 10. He says, if you keep my commandments, you remain in my love just as I have kept my Father's commands and what? Remain in his love. In John 14, 23, Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them and we will come to them. And notice this, we'll make our home with them. That'll be our address. We'll abide with them. And in 1 John chapter 2, he says, This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light. In him there's no darkness at all. If we claim 
to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie. Woo, John, back it off, brother, right? I, I, I don't want to be in that category. And do not live out the truth. Jesus says it's not about going to church. It's not about being in a life group. And, I, and I'm not saying those things are wrong. I'm saying I, you ought to do those things. But you, you can be in church. You can join a life group. You, you can be a Christian and, and, and tell people you're a Christian and have a Christian tattoo symbol somewhere on your body or whatever, wear Christian t-shirts every once in a while to work and all and be like, oh man, I am so, I'm so Christian, you know? No, no, the evidence is what comes out of your life, right? It's as we continue. Now, 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 for those of you who say, mmm, I got this, mmm. I got this, Craig, because I'm just come church, man. I, I'm all about it. You know, I, I'm all about Jesus and everything. Before you get all puffed up, all right, and, and think you got it, let me just tell you what Jesus said, because it's more than the golden rule. You know, the golden rule, people, oh, that golden rule, mm, I can, yeah, that's good. The golden rule says, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, do unto others as I do unto them. Now, what does Jesus do? Jesus prays for his enemies. He doesn't just ignore them. He doesn't just walk past them. He says, oh, God, this person just cursed me. This person just, you know, just abused me. This person just did this, took advantage of me and, and all. So, God, they must be hurting because hurting people hurt people. And so, God, I don't know what their hurt is, but would you heal their hurt? See, that would be more like Jesus. Hello? It's getting quiet in here. Let me, let me keep digging, all right? Uh, you know, he, he would say, not only pray for your enemies, but hey, don't be anxious about anything. Don't, don't, don't give in to fear and anxiety. Doesn't your heavenly father care for the birds? Just look. You shouldn't be worried. They're not worried. But how many of us worry? See? How many of us serve to, to will, where we'll go the second mile? Jesus said, you know, hey, you may be asked to go the first mile, but I tell you, go the second mile. Serve over the top. Turn the other cheek. Pray for your enemies. Don't give in to worry. Now, here's what happens is we start saying, mm, I got a few of those. But you can't negotiate, you know. You can't say, well, I, I got a handle on one. One out of five that you mentioned. That's why, listen, that's why maybe you don't have lasting joy. Okay? The reason why maybe you don't have lasting joy is you're not abiding in Him and His Word abiding in you. We forfeit our joy when we do that. 
Look at this. In John chapter 15, verse 10 and 11, again, he talks about, keep my commandments. You'll remain in my love just as I kept my Father's commandments. Remain in his love. And he says, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Jesus wants you to have joy. He wants you to have so much of it that people notice it. That it's like a light going off at work. It's like a light going off at school. It, it, it shines through your life. So how do we do this? How do we do this? We got to put the words of Jesus into practice. And I love this. Just a few weeks ago, I was talking about how that we take offense. I don't know if you were here that Sunday. I just made mention about how we take offense. That, that often we say, oh, you offended me. And what we do is we give the power to the other person, like they can power over us and make us offended. No, don't give them that much power over you. You took offense. You had the power to take it, and you did it. You took it. And so when you understand that, now all of a sudden, nobody can offend me. It doesn't make any difference what you say about my mama or my daddy or whoever. You can say all kinds of stuff. You can say whatever you want to, and I choose not to take it. I'm not going to take it. And I had somebody tell me that after church... They went to somebody else at church, and they said, hey, I don't want to have that offense anymore. I want us to be right. And and God did a healing work in their lives because of that. Now, you may be here today, and that's for you, all right? So you can move on to the joy that God has. One last thing is in Hebrews, Jesus evidently had joy on the cross, which is hard for me to imagine, dying the worst death that anybody could ever die. And on the cross, the book of Hebrews says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. What was that joy? I believe it had to be knowing that he's paying for all the sin of all time, of all men, all women, all boys, all girls, all who will receive him all through time, right? That whoever would call on the name of the Lord would be saved. I I think that's And he saw 2,000 years ahead, and he saw Avon, Indiana, and he said there'll be hundreds of people just at one church. They'll be freed from sin in their lives, and they'll have joy unspeakable, and it'll be because I'm doing this right here. And so they kept him on the cross, but also he knew it ain't over when you think it's over, right? (laughs) It's not over yet because I will rise again, he said, and he did rise again, proving his word is true. And so for that joy, now listen, the path though, the path of that joy was obedience. The Bible talks about how he obeyed to go to the cross. He obeyed to go to the cross. And I'm telling you, listen, you can't take another road to joy. You you can't take another highway to joy. 
I can give you the website of Amazon and a pill for joy. But that's the wrong path. I guarantee you, you're not going to have joy. Lasting, incredible joy. It's not there. And there's all kinds of paths that the world offers us to happiness. I'm not talking about happiness. I'm talking about joy. And if you want joy, there's one path. It's obedience. As we obey him. And he says in his commands, John said, his commands, they're not hard. They're awesome. Because when you start following him, he starts filling you with joy. So much so that when your cross comes along, when your problem comes, when your hell breaks loose in your life, just like Jesus, you can endure it. You can abide. You can stay. You can be established with the joy of the Lord, which is our strength. And you can have strength in the midst of your pain and your problems, your difficulties. If you believe that today, give God a shout in this place. I believe that God wants to grow joy in you. And I believe it's possible. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you can do this in any person's life that will come to you. And God, for some of us who get distracted by the shiny things and we get looking around and the world starts offering something, we're looking here and looking there and God, forgive us. Forgive us for looking to the wrong paths when we need to just stay on the path that you've laid out for us, a path that leads to joy. Maybe you're here today and you say, Craig, I've made a confession of faith. I am a follower of Jesus, but I must confess, there's times when I get off track. There's times when, especially when I get busy and all this season's going on, I even forget why he came. And I I, I sometimes lose sight of it. But I don't want to do that. I want to be so full of joy this season and on into this new year that other people be able to tell that I am truly connected to him, that his lifeblood flows through me, that his joy is my strength, that I have his presence in my life, that he lives, he dwells, he abides at my house. I want people to recognize that in my life. If that's your prayer, would you just raise your hand and say, yes, that's me. I want others to notice but his life in me yeah hands all over this room father in heaven i thank you today that you're going to help us to do that so that others will be guided to you so that other people in a culture that's looking in the wrong places they'll, they'll be directed our way and they'll be able to see that you are the way the truth the life and that joy comes through you So God, help us today to get back on track. Help us today to get in line with you. Help us today to walk in obedience, to trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. While we're still bowed with our heads down and our eyes closed, there may be a few here like in the first service that maybe the story that you would tell this morning if you were to be honest is that I feel disconnected 
I don't feel connected to God. And maybe the reason is, is somehow along life's journey, you've gotten disconnected. There's been something that's happened. There's been some situation. There's been some relationship or whatever it was and got you off course and you got disconnected from the very presence of God. And today, maybe it's a matter of reconnecting with Him. For others of you, it may be you've never really connected. You've gone to church. You've sung some songs. You've, You've been a part of Christian fellowship, but you've never really connected. And, and moved in with God. But today can be that day. And I want to pray with you to help you to find that joy that will come in a divine connection with Him. Will you just raise your hand if that's you today? If that's you this morning, just raise your hand and say, yeah, that's me. Yes, I see that hand. Yes, I see that hand. That hand. God bless you over here. God bless you. How many others? All right, there's been several around the room that have raised their hands, so we're going to pray. Church family, just pray this prayer with me. Just say it out loud. Just say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for me, to pay for my sin. And I know I've sinned, but I want to start over. So please wash away my past. Free me of my guilt. Enable me to live my life with you. Thank you for receiving me as a child of God today. As I accept you as Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Church family, let's welcome those who prayed that prayer.